What a strong move of the Holy Spirit is in this room right now. If this is new to you and you're waiting on God to do something, let me encourage you, flip it. We're not waiting on God to do something. God's waiting on you to do something. If you're trying to understand what it is that some of us are feeling, do it. Do something. Give him a praise. Give him a song. Give, a, give him a hand wave. Do something and God will move. It, your praise is like a magnet. It draws the heavens to the earth. He inhabits the praises of his people. He is here in a mighty, mighty way right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Bless the hallelujah. Hallelujah. My brother, my brother right there, um, we're praying and I'm believing for you, whether it's right now or it's in the next few weeks or the next few months, not by revelation, but, but what he told me, father, give him the miracle that he needs in the name of Jesus church. Would you just raise your voice? Because I'm not, I'm not going to say it all in the mic because it might be private. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Somebody give God praise today. My man came up here with a back problem last week. We prayed for him. You tell him what happened. It was, I couldn't really, I had so much immense pain. And it was two weeks that it come in my back. And I wanted, I was going to get you to pray for me when we were back in the back. But I didn't get an opportunity to. And then. The Holy Spirit just told you to come and you touched my back. And when you touched it, I just felt the heat of God come through my body. And ever since all this week, I've been having loosening in my back and it's free. I'm free. Jump down here so that they can see you because they might, they might not, you know, j- just show them. Uh, he's, you couldn't, you couldn't bend? I couldn't, I couldn't. I, I was getting hard for me to even do my yard. Could, you couldn't even do your yard. The devil is a liar. Show them how you are now. Somebody give God praise. God's not just going to heal his back. God heals every back in this room that needs healing right now. In the mighty name of Jesus of Nazareth, I command your back to be healed, your hips to be healed, your knees to be healed, ankles be healed. Touch, be healed by the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You think I can preach? Think I got enough time, Bishop? All right. I'm not asking. I'm asking sincerely. He's the he's the bishop. Psalm 77, 10 through 14. I'm going to try to do this. And if I'm wrong, Lord, correct me and just take over. Because I really don't know if I'm supposed to preach or just let it flow. God will show us. Psalm 77, 10 through 14. If you don't mind, and, and I know you've been standing a while, but if you're not standing, would you just stand for the reading of God's word just for a moment? Forgive me for, I'm not trying to, I'm doing it in reverence to the word of God. But look at how many people have come back to church. Look at that. Hallelujah. People are hungry. I watched the Astros game last night and I saw cardboard cutouts in the stands. We don't need any cardboard cutouts in the house of God. The redeemed of the Lord have said so. Hallelujah. Psalm 77, 10 through 14. 
I'm reading from the King James Version today just because I, I like how this portion reads from there. And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. We've already seen that this morning. Who is so great a God as our God? Verse 14, thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Father, make your word real and plain to your, to your, to your flock, to your children. Show yourself the God of the miraculous and the God of wonders. And confirm it today that when we leave the house, we'll say, wow, what a God. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in interesting times. If my pastor, Pastor Sam Rodriguez, was here, he likes to quote the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy, we're not in Kansas anymore. This is not... Life is normal. Everything has changed. And we live in a time when they have begun to predict and even demonic forces celebrate what they perceive to be the demise of the Christian church. All my life I've heard that being a Christian is strange, but I find it to be more true right now than before. To be a Bible-believing Christian. To believe that the Word of God is the infallible Word of God. is something that sets us apart from the world and causes us to seem strange. And now more than ever, 1 Peter 2 and 9 is real to me. Now I grew up in a Pentecostal church where they would quote this verse often to explain to us we're different. And this is what 1 Peter 2 and 9 says. You are a chosen generation. I was okay with that. A royal priesthood. I'm like, if that includes bling, praise the Lord. A holy nation. I can get with that too. It was the last part. A peculiar people. I'm like, why we got to be weird? Why we got to be, air quote, special? Why do we have to be strange? And it used to bother me. I thought, you could have picked a better word. You could have said, super. I'd have been okay with that. Awesome! I'd have been okay with that. You could have said something like that, but you called us peculiar. And I didn't like the word as a child. But as an adult, it's the right word. We are peculiar. We are strange. We are different. We are set apart. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. We are a royal 
priesthood. I live here, but I have citizenship there. I speak the language of this world, but when I get along with my heavenly father, I speak another language. What makes us peculiar is that though we are here, we belong to there. And we have our own language. We have our own currency. We have our own stock market. We even have our own government of which there shall be no end. And what makes us different is that we don't depend on the things of the world and the systems of the world and the philosophies and the politics of this world. We don't put our hope in earthly governments, political parties, or man-made structures. Our hope is in and solely in the Lord. One of my favorite Bible verses says, some trust in in horses, others in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. Let me say it again, since I stuttered a little bit so that you hear it. It says, some trust in horses and others in chariots, but we will remember the name of the Lord. Now, I don't know anybody that has a chariot at home, and if you do, I want to come over and get a selfie with your chariot. So let me update the verse so that you'll understand it in some modern lingo, so that you understand what the writer is trying to say. Some trust in doctors. Others trust in government. But we, we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Our hope isn't in a white house. It's in a white throne. And it's actually not even in the throne, but he that is seated on the throne. When we lift our eyes, we don't lift our eyes to Capitol Hill. We lift our eyes to the hills from whence cometh our help. Our hope cometh from the Lord. We put our trust and our expectation in the Lord. Colossians 2, 8 and 9 says it this way. Don't let anyone capture you. It says, in fact, King James says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of man and the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. The New Living says it this way. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense. A lot of the things we're stirred up about is absolute nonsense. We waste our breath. You know, you never get your time back. We need to repent for some of the time we've wasted arguing over absolute nonsense that has no eternal value, can't heal anyone, can't change anyone, doesn't unify anyone, doesn't bring salvation. Stop arguing over absolute nonsense that comes from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Everyone has a source. They say, this is the way to wealth. This is the way to peace. This is the way to prosperity. But we don't have five sources of help. We don't have 12 paces or 12 steps to victory. We have one source and that one source has a name. It's the name that at which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. That source has a name and that name is Jesus Christ the only begotten of the Father. 
I remember about 10, 12 years ago when Rosa Parks passed away. They were hosting her funeral at a church in Detroit where Bishop Charles Ellis III is the pastor. And uh, Sister Rosa Parks laid in her casket in front, as is the tradition. And there was all kind of government leaders and preachers and religious leaders, even of other faiths, that were standing on the platform. And I remember watching the funeral live on television. And Bishop Ellis in those days had a really big pulpit that used to be his daddy's. And the pulpit says, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And I watched as all of these different leaders had to come and stand behind the truth. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. I saw President Clinton. I saw President Bush. I saw other leaders. And then I saw Louis Farrakhan. And I watched him walk up to the podium. And I watched a false teacher have to sign, stand behind the truth. There's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And God spoke to me as a young person watching that funeral. He said, Tony, you got two choices. Either you stand behind the truth that there's one Lord, one faith, or one baptism, or one day I'm going to cause every knee to bow and every tongue to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But my name won't be mocked. I'll cause pagan leaders to confess there's one Lord, one faith and one baptism. Oh, I got to get back to my notes. That's what happens when you get off your notes. We have one source and his name is Jesus. He's the source of our wealth, our healing, our salvation, our victory, our authority, our hope, and our peace. Because Colossians continues into the next verse after it tells you not to, not to get into all of the nonsense and all of that. It continues into verse 9. Uh, remember, it ends in verse 8. Throw verse 8 up there real quick just so I can get through there. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of man after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Next verse. For in him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And verse 10 says, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Let me take a moment right now and remind you who Jesus is. You, uh, someone say, wait, wait, Suarez. I've been in the church 20 years. I know who Jesus is. Don't be so, don't, don't let, don't. I'm going to say, I'm just going to say it like I'm from Chicago. I, oh, I am from Chicago. Don't be so arrogant as to think that you know everything there is to know about Jesus. Don't let that spirit get inside of you because we are growing daily in what we know about God. You've been married to the same person for 20 years and they do something. You're like, oh, well, that's new. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that about you. If your wife is still surprising you and your husband is surprising you and your children leave you dumbfounded, then how do you think... That that a mortal mind could, could, could grasp all of the complexities of an eternal being that in the beginning when there was nothing, he spoke and everything was created. We are in a path of getting to know more and more about God. So let me remind you who Jesus is. The Bible says in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. When you call on the name of Jesus, 
You're not just calling on a Christian Savior. You're not just calling on the son of a carpenter. When you call on Jesus, you're calling the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When you name, when you say the name of Jesus, the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the power of the Holy Ghost show up all three in one. When you call on the name of Jesus, you're calling on Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer. When you call on Jesus, you're calling on Jehovah Shalom, the Lord your peace. When you call on Jesus, you're calling on Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. And when Jesus shows up, he shows up in the fullness of his power, his might, and with every blessing that is on the inside of him. That's why, you ever notice that Jesus never announced, I'm going to have a healing service today. Next week's the deliverance service. Do you ever notice that the apostles were never mentioned by, oh, well, this one has the gift of healing. This one has the gift of faith. They were used in all, I I didn't know I was going to do a Bible study lesson today. They were used in all of the gifts of the spirit. Because if you're only used in one gift, if you're only using the gift of healing, what good is your ministry when you show up and everybody's healed? But if you're led by the spirit, if you're full of the spirit, then you're useful in any situation, in any area you go. That's why every revival service I go to, I encourage people to praise and worship God because we could declare a healing service, we could declare a deliverance service, or we could declare a praise and worship service. And when you praise and worship God, the Bible says He inhabits the praises of His people. Not one quarter of Him, not one half of Him, not one third of Him. It says He, the fullness of the Godhead, inhabits the praises of His people people. That means the fullness of the Godhead, the fullness of his power, the fullness of his might shows up when you praise God. And that means you'll get more than what you asked for and more than what you're looking for. He'll heal you. He'll deliver you. He'll save you. He'll redeem you. He'll prosper you. So I call on you right now. Give God a praise to the fullness of God sweeps through the house. I still believe that there's power in the name of Jesus. I still believe that there's no name given unto men by which we can be saved. I still believe there's no name greater than the name of Jesus. And if you're in a situation and you can only say one more thing, don't say help. Don't say why me. Say Jesus. Say Jesus. Shout Jesus. Pray to Jesus. Worship Jesus. Give God the praise and give Bible says you believe there's a God so do the devils and they tremble you know some of the greatest theologians are demons I'm not talking about on the earth well I don't know I'm talking about under the earth because they know They know, and that's why they have the ministry of deception. Try to con you out of believing in the miraculous. Con you out of believing in the power of God. That is the work of the enemy that is alive on the earth right now. There's attacks coming from the media. 
from certain governors, certain mayors, certain people out there that have alleged authority. And they act as if what we're doing is simply rudimentary. That's why it's easy to say, don't go to church. Don't sing. Don't, don't have communion. Don't water baptize. It's easy to tell us not to do that when you don't know the power behind it. If you knew him like we know him, if you knew the power of the blood and the broken body like we do, you'd understand why as oft as we gather, we remember the Lord and his supper. You would understand why you can't keep me silent and you can't keep me still and you can't keep me from assembling together. Uh, There's somebody watching right now. I know you haven't come back yet and I respect you and I bless you, but come back next Sunday and when you walk in here, you're going to say, wow, look what I've been missing. Look, I, I haven't had this feeling and I want you to know you're not missing out. You haven't lost out. God has your miracle parked in a corner waiting for you to come back. And when you step in the fullness of God, it's going to be yours as well in the name of Jesus. This isn't a new battle. This isn't a new battle. This is the same spirit. I'll be done quickly as relative, but I'll be done quickly. This is the same spirit. This is the same spirit that confronted Moses when he stood before Pharaoh. Moses came with a message, let my people go. And you know that God did signs and wonders and gave Pharaoh the opportunity to let the people go. And he didn't. Until God said, enough is enough. I gave you seven chances. And a few more before that. And you didn't comply. Now I'm just going to be God. I speak to the prince of the air of the United States. There have been signs and wonders. We have spoken in the prophetic and we have said, let the people of God go. Let the church be the church. And you have continued to try to usurp an authority that doesn't belong to you. But we remember the words of Genesis chapter 2. And we speak to that serpent spirit. And we remind you of your posture. You have no right to be in my ear. You have no right to be in my face. For it is written, upon thy belly shalt thou dwell. And the dust shalt thou eat. I command that spirit of hell, get under the feet of the children of God and eat our dust. We're not staying parked any longer. We're going forward in Jesus name. When Moses stood before Pharaoh, and said, let my people go. God spoke to Pharaoh. To, God spoke to Moses and said, throw your rod down. And when he did, it turned into a serpent. And the magicians of Pharaoh saw that and said, oh, that's cool. No, the, the, the timing of everything is very important. Because it shows that the enemy has no power to create. He's a copycat. Because if he could create, if he could think up something, he'd have done it first. 
The magicians would have said, watch this, Moses. But they can't think that far. They can't create anything. So they had to see what Moses was able to do under the anointing. And then they tried to copy it. But they can imitate but they can't duplicate because right in front of Pharaoh, God proved that verse true that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world because they could imitate serpents, but they couldn't override this one because this one came over and ate up the serpents of Pharaoh. Like it was a bowl of spaghetti showing you, you might copy it. You might try to imitate, but you can't duplicate this power. Greater is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Greater is he that is in me because I'm not coming in my own power. I'm not coming in my own might, but I'm I'm coming under the anointing of El Shaddai. Great God Almighty. Somebody give him praise right now. I believe that the attack on the church is because hell knows that Gabriel is polishing a trumpet. Hell knows that Jesus is about to ascend from his mount. Hell knows that the greatest wave of revival that every apostle and prophet has prophesied about is about to hit this land. And hell's tried to hold a filibuster. Hell's tried to have a filibuster and stop revival from coming to the land. But I speak to hell and I say you're too late. Revival is here. You should have shut us down when you had the chance. You should have killed us while you had the chance. But now God's about to show that he's still a miracle worker. He's still a way maker. And of this government, there shall be no end. He's still a miracle working God. God's going to show the world in the next three months. He's still a God of miracles. He's still a God of signs and wonders. These aren't just old stories, but it's still the truth about our God. I can prove it to you. He protected you from that accident. I was talking this morning. I said, there's there's no reason why you should have walked away from that car accident, but God. God was with you. That double cheeseburger didn't clog your arteries to the point where you took your last breath because he's still the God of miracles. I was talking about that this morning. And then I met, is it Cliff, the head of security? Ken. Then I met brother Ken and he showed me a picture on his iPhone of a totaled, beat up, bent and twisted car. When he got in an accident in July, someone hit him 80 miles an hour. And he said that after he got hit, he got out and he started directing traffic. How can that be possible? Because he's still the God of the miraculous. He's still the God of signs and wonder. There's no one like Jehovah. Look at him. He ought to be dead. But God, but God, but God. You never seen a miracle? There's one right there. A living, breathing, walking, talking miracle of the handiwork of Almighty God. All right. I got to get through this sermon. I got to do it quick. 
What was that? Amen. Thank you. Psalm 77. We started when I was reading at the beginning of the sermon. It starts by saying this. This is my infirmity. We're good at that. We're good at telling what our problem is. And there's nothing wrong with that. Here's my petition. Here's my problem. Here's my demand. Here's my issue. Here's what's going on. We're good at that. Most of the messages I get on social media during the week is, Pastor, here's my problem. Here's what I got going on. Nothing wrong with that. But I came today to focus on the second part of the verse. I said everything I said because of the second part of the verse. It says, but I will remember. I will remember the years of the right hand of the most high God. Bishop already said it. The right hand is symbolic of favor, of authority, and power. So rather than focus on your problems, you ought to focus on the power. He said, I'm going to remember the years of the right hand of the almighty God. Someone needs to take a stroll down memory lane right now and remember how the right hand of the Father brought you out. How the right hand of the Father picked you up. How the right hand of God healed you, saved you, delivered you, and made a way for you because of his right hand. Remember how he found you. Remember how he kept you. Thank God that he sustained you. It's a miracle that you're still here. But if he kept you, if he sustained you, if he provided for you, if he brought you a mighty long way, if he made sure the ravens didn't eat you, if he protected you from the beasts of the field, if he brought you this far, it's because God isn't done with you yet. If If cancer didn't kill you, if corona didn't kill you, if if no weapon formed against you killed you, it's because God's not done with you yet. So I'd praise him right now for his mighty right hand who made a way when there was no way. said I will remember I will remember the years of the right hand of the most high God I don't know about you but I got a history of God moments in my life I got a history of miracles I got a history of moves of God where I can say God showed himself to me God revealed himself to me God moved for me when I was sick when I was desperate when I was destitute God showed himself and every time he did I learned something new about him every time he showed himself new revelation would come to my life every time every time this is important every time there is revelation there is an increase in our faith yeah Romans put Romans 117 up there because the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith 
But your faith is predicated upon what has been revealed to you. And if everything that you knew about God in 1980 was enough, then you couldn't go from faith to faith. But God said, I got more revelation for you. I got more wisdom for you. I got more miracles for you. I got more. I'm revealing my right hand of power to you so that you'll get revelation of the mighty God of Israel for you. So every time, every time he shows himself, it brings fresh revelation, which is what, you know, the Bible gives, the Bible gives all kinds of names for God, all kinds of titles for God. But every title, every name brings revelation. Every title, every name has revelation attached to it. You say, well, I already know him as Jehovah. I know him as Jesus. I know, I know, I know all of that. Yeah, yeah. But there's revelation behind the names. Of our God. I met Andrew Hurd. His name is Andrew. But that doesn't reveal anything to me other than his name is Andrew. I don't know what Andrew means. Just knowing that his name is. But when I found the names of God. Every name had a revelation to me. Every name signifies something to me. For example. Elohim means he is the mighty one. And when all these demons and all these false gods are trying to raise up in this world and say that they're the true God, God reminds you and reminds me, I am Elohim. I am the mighty one. El Shaddai, almighty, great God, almighty. El Elyon, the most high God. El Olam, the everlasting God. El Masha'ah, the God of our salvation. The Adonai, which means superior and the highest authority. And then he told Moses, I am. Popeye didn't say that. That was Jehovah God who said it. I am. What? I am Dot, dot, dot. What do you need today? I am. What are you looking for? I am. What do you have need of? I What are you? Somebody give the I am a great praise. He said they're going to ask me who sent me. They're going to want to know a name. And God said, tell them, I am. Well, I am what? I am what they need. I am what they're going to need. I am what they've always needed. If you need salvation, I am salvation. If you need deliverance, I am deliverance. If you need freedom, I am freedom. If you need money, I am your money. If you need to buy whatever you need, I am. And I like, I like it a lot. That he didn't say I was, and I like it a lot that he didn't say I will be, because my God stands in the present tense with what you need to be today. Doesn't matter what happened, I am your salvation today. Doesn't matter what you did, I am your redeemer today. I am, I am, I am. Give him praise. I am Yahweh, the eternal, self-existing 
God. I am Jehovah Rapha, the eternal who heals. I am Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. I am Jehovah Nisi, the Lord your banner. I am Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord your righteousness. I am Jehovah Saba, the Lord of the hosts of the armies. And I am Jehovah Shalom, your peace. I am whatever you need. I am whatever you're going through. And I am the God that saves you by my mighty right hand. Give him praise. Stand with me because I'm coming to a close. Verse 12 said, meditate on his works. Talk about his doings. Take the focus off of the problem. And talk about the power. That right hand, that's authority. That's favor. That's power. The Bible says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. That's the seat of authority. That's the seat of power. That's the seat of favor. Jesus said, the things that I do, so shall you do. And things greater than these. Why? Because you have been granted the right hand of favor, of authority, and power. We're operating and functioning and flowing in the power of God. This nation needs prayer. I I know that's like a no-doc kind of a statement, but this nation needs prayer. Someone said, are you worried? Uh, No, I'm not. Because God already told me that the Abrahams, God already told me, I told you at the beginning, the Abrahams, the Abrahams have interceded on behalf of the family of Lot. And God said, I'm going to spare Lot's family. That doesn't mean all of Sodom and Gomorrah might be spared. That doesn't mean judgment won't come. But that means that the righteous, the ones that are engrafted, the ones that are a part of, the ones that have been interceded for, that includes your children. That's why the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your house shall be saved. I prophesy right now. I just felt the unction. I prophesy your children are coming home to the house of God. They're coming back to the things of God. This this world won't consume them. This world won't won't steal them because the right hand of God is going to snatch them out and bring them back. You got to remember who God is. Every time you read something in the paper or the website or the whatever you do, go read a chapter of the Bible. Go balance it out. You spend 10 minutes on CNN, spend 20 minutes in the Word. Double it. You go to Fox. Bible said something about beware of the foxes. Anyways, I'm just saying. Get in the Word. Remember the right hand. Do you know God's done miracles for you that you forgot about? That's how, that's how spoiled we are with the miraculous. God's done stuff we forgot about. I remember this morning, sis. 
I was preaching and I remembered something. Seven years ago, my brother was in a car accident. He was, he worked for AT&T. Uh, bivocational pastors and he was working for AT&T and he drove one of those cherry pickers and he was one of the guys changing the lines in Chicago. I don't know what he does exactly, but something, I don't, I don't know if it's fiber optic cable. I don't know. He does something with the lines. Do you know somebody that works with something like that? Okay. Cause I just saw you get a praise and I thought maybe there's a witness. You're just praising for my brother. That's good. Okay. Thank you. I praise for your brother too. Jesus. Name. He was driving a cherry picker and it was a Sunday. I was preaching in Stockton, California about seven years ago. And my brother called me and he's like, dude, I got in a bad car accident. He's like, and he was calling me to not like, don't let mom know. My dad was still living. He's like, dad can't handle this yet, but I needed to tell somebody what just happened. He said, I was driving and someone hit me on one side and it set the, it, it sent the truck into the lane. It fishtailed into the other lane. But when I fishtailed into the other lane, another truck hit me from that side and it sent me fishtailing the other, the other way. He said, and I just started spinning and spinning. Now I'm about to preach. I don't know why I get the, the I'm learning a lesson not to answer my phone before I preach or have babies before I preach last week's sermon. If you remember. So he's telling me this and he, and he said, the car just kept spinning and spinning. He's like, I, I, it, it was horrible. And I said, are you okay? Now we've all been hanging out long enough that you know that I actually would scream through a phone. Like there's no exaggeration. There's nothing calm about me. I screamed, are you okay? He said, yeah, I'm fine. And I said, how? How? And he said, aren't you the faith preacher? He goes, what do you mean? How God, Tony, it's God. The reason that I'm okay. There's someone in this room that needs to remember that the only reason you're still standing today is because of the right hand of almighty God. God has been good. God has made a way. Hallelujah. I'm going to turn it over to Bishop and then I'm going to come back. But I prophesy to you in Jesus' name. I know we've seen it for nine weeks. But I'm believing that this is a week of signs, miracles, and wonders in the heavens. And on the earth. I know. I'm going to be very bold. And I wouldn't do it if I didn't feel it. I know some say that civil war and all kinds of unrest is before us. And yes, you may see some signs, but the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord is holding this nation in his hand. And I know it's a funny meme on the internet, but I just heard it in my head. God says to the devil, not today, devil. I'm not done with America. I'm not done with this country. They're fanning the flames and I'm the God that answers with fire. Your name might not ever make it in the Houston Chronicle, but let it be known amongst the saints of inspire that when you see that it doesn't get as bad as they predict, and even some media pundits will be like, wow, that was melodramatic. You'll know. 
it's because of the Abrahams in this house that interceded and lifted their voice and God will spare the family of Lot. Bishop, 